Hey, you guys, welcome to the Main and Magic Podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host, Dawn Brown, and this is episode 43. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience, and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings on our website at mainandmagic.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Just search for the Main and Magic podcast. After the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. In this episode, Katie and I sit down with Jeremy Stein and Gary Fernando to talk about their experience organizing the Main Street 16 Challenge, a 16-attraction race through Walt Disney World that helped raise over $11,000 for Give Kids the World. We talk about how the event came to be and how the weekend unfolded. And we announce the dates for the next challenge happening in 2023. So join us on the red car trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and Magic. Everybody, welcome aboard. Come on in, grab a seat. We have picked up a couple of new friends today. We are going to be talking to one half of the crew, if you will, of the Main Street Magic podcast, as well as a friend of the podcast. And we're going to be talking all about this really cool challenge that they did. It was like a month or two ago called the Main Street 16 Challenge. And I think you guys are going to be pretty interested in it. And I think that this could um, lead off into some, you know, personal challenges for some of you guys, especially since we recently did an episode all about park challenges. So I'm going to bring on my guests here. Of course, I have Katie with with me as always. Say hi, Katie. Hello. (laughs) and then i have jeremy from the main street magic podcast hey jeremy hello thanks so much for having me yes and then we have gary here who is a friend of the main street magic podcast and actually him and i were talking through twitter and that's how we have come through to this episode today so i want to say hello to gary hey there thanks for having me so excited to be here and catch back up with jeremy a little bit Yes. Okay. So I want to talk about the Main Street 16 challenge, but before we like really get super deep into that, um, Jeremy, why don't you kind of like tell everybody about your podcast and, you know, because essentially that's going to be where people go to learn about the Main Street 16 challenge and, you know, get their updates for the second annual Main Street 16 challenge. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Main Street Magic Podcast actually started with a buddy of mine back in 2017. Um, we were we became annual pass holders. We were going to Disney all the time. And so our friends were the ones asking us, you know, when they were going on a trip for advice and all. Um, I had produced podcasts for my brother, actually, for almost a decade. Uh, so I was very familiar with the space, how to do it, but had never been on one myself. So my buddy and I started the podcast and um, he's extremely busy in his regular day job and travels a lot. And it got to a point where 
we weren't going to be able to always get together and record. So my wife Rhonda actually stepped in and, and over the course of a few months, it was kind of the three of us. And then it kind of just, you know, went into just being Rhonda and I, um, so we've got over 460 episodes. Now we put out two episodes a week, every Tuesday and Friday, uh, we're on all the main podcast feeds and we live two hours from Disney. So we're down there at least once a month, if not twice a month. And we're bringing, you know, fun topics like top five lists or talking about movies and music all the way to reviews of restaurants, resorts, you know, things that are happening in the park. Um, and you can hear all that if you want and find out even more about us uh, at mainstmagic.com. And, and you guys, too, every once in a while, you kind of you go to the other park down the road. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, you know, one of the when, when you have a podcast that is all about Walt Disney World and then Walt Disney World shuts down for several, several months you know, due to COVID, which Universal did as well, of course, for a few months. But when they were opening, uh, I think it was June 6th of 2020, we, we you know, we kind of were able to get through the, the shutdown with just doing some fun topics, you know, about Disney. And we went back to one episode a week, but it was really tough to get through. So when we heard Universal was reopening first and we still didn't really have a Disney date, uh, we went ahead opening day and became annual pass holders there as well, because, you know, we thought, one, this is going to give us more content. And then we would find out, too, that there's a lot of people that are jumping ship from Disney down to Universal uh, due to certain changes and all. So um, we are predominantly about Disney, but we do get to that other park down the road and we do talk about it every once in a while. How has the park reservations been for as an annual pass holder? Have you had any trouble or what kind of um, hindrance does that make at last minute trips into the park? Um, we, we actually have never ran into a situation where the park we wanted to go to was full. Um, now, even though we're kind of like semi locals, most of our trips are planned out still kind of 30 to 60 days. Uh, we stay overnight. Most of the time we don't do a lot of just day trips back and forth. So we usually have a hotel reservation, uh, whether it's on Disney property or, or off. And so we're usually making those reservations ahead of time. Um, the only real issue that I think we've run into so far is that limit of five for, yeah. you know, our annual pass when we are staying off property more, you know, due to the cost and, and it being a lot cheaper. Right. So like right now I was looking to book something for July 14th to get Epcot for the opening of food and wine, but I already have my five annual pass reservations taken up, but we're going down Thursday. That'll release one. I'll just have to immediately book for, you know, July 14th, but um, a, a friend of mine on, on Twitter, Twitter, Daniel Miller, um, some of you may be familiar with him on Twitter. Um, he was just looking at like getting a, a reservation for Friday to any park and nothing was available. And, you know, he lives right there nearby. So I could certainly see as actual local pass holders, it being very, very frustrating that you can no longer potentially wake up on a Saturday morning and think I want to go to a park. Um, and I have a feeling that's going to happen a lot this summer. There's going to be a lot of days that are going to be fully booked. I mean, it's Memorial weekend this weekend. That's understandable, but I'll be interested to see how summer plays out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to bring it over to Gary. So Gary and I were talking through Twitter, which is how we ended up here tonight with each other. Um, but Gary, why don't you kind of tell everybody about yourself and your connection to, the Main Street 16 challenge and how, you know, that kind of all came about. Yeah, sure. And so what 
at first what was going on was so I you know you mentioned your your episode recently about the park challenges and one of the things you know I've been a Dis nerd for quite a while and wanted to kind of find a new little niche and one of the things that I stumbled upon uh, and then a deep rabbit hole to go down is the every ride challenge um, which is exactly what it sounds like there's a Disney World version there's a Disneyland version and it is one you get one day and you have to complete um, every ride in however many parks there are so the Disneyland version obviously is the two and then the Walt Disney World version is four um, and so for my kind of first post COVID trip and just kind of, you know, needing to, you know, fill my cup a little bit after shutdowns and things like that. I, I did a trip to Disney world um, in June of 2021 where I attempted the every ride challenge. And, but what I did was I, I noticed that some people who do it, do it as a fundraiser. And so I actually found um, a fundraiser because what some people did was they would do it as like, oh, just donate money and then, you know, day of something goes south because the every right challenge is very difficult, you know, oh, uh, and, yeah. this, and, and it was difficult before COVID restrictions and before, you know, no park hopping until two, you know, it was it was always difficult uh, to begin with it before COVID it had about an 8% completion rate um, for oh. people who would attempt it. Wow. And so what people would do is they would get people to donate money. And then the day of, you know, something went sideways and three rides would shut down and you kind of knew that the day was over before it really began. And then they'd kind of be like, all right, now we're just going to kind of take it easy and we'll go, you know, slow it down and go eat lunch somewhere and do whatever. But so what I did was I actually found a a website where you could create it as a, um, as a, what, you know, the the term a thon, right? Like a -a bat-a-thon or a -a walk-a-thon. And so I created a -a ride-a-thon um, for a charity that I'm involved with and got people to donate money so that even if I knew very early on, which it turned out on the day that I attempted it, I, I realized by about 10 a.m. that I was not going to complete the entire challenge. But I said, well, now I'm just going to keep riding this. Every ride I go on is going to raise more money. you know. And so I went until 10 o'clock at night at Epcot where I you know, got off the seas with Nemo and friends and needed to and said, okay, we're going to call it a night. But so then I, I got this idea of saying, okay, I want to try to upscale this a little bit. And and I had started following Jeremy and Rhonda and their podcast. And, and I reached out to them and, and said, you know, what do you think about this? And what do you think about making an event where we have a few days and we do a couple of different themes? And maybe there's a race around property one day. Maybe there's a scavenger hunt. Maybe there's something else. And then we do a ride challenge. And... You know, Jeremy, you can kind of talk about it from there and and why we kind of decided not to do, and in my opinion, rightly decided not to do the Every Ride Challenge, but how we came up with kind of the 16 night. No, I love, I love that you guys had, that it was very specific and it wasn't kind of just left to someone's, you know, however they were, you know, free will, if you will. (laughs) So you guys had a, a list of 16 specific rides that people had to do to complete the challenge, which I think takes some guessing out of it. And also it puts everyone on the same playing field. But uh, as we are going to kind of move into like how the planning process played out, like I would love to know 
you know, how did you decide when to do it? And how did you decide on 16 attractions versus, you know, 12 or 20? Yeah. So, um, and, and I have to give so much credit to Gary for all of this. You know, we're, we're very fortunate that we've been doing this podcast for, you know, almost five years now, and, and we've been lucky to build a, a great and captive audience. And we always wanted to try and use that audience in some form to raise money for charity. Um, you know, and if anything we could do, it, that was number one. Uh, number two, we wanted to make sure that it was fun and that we could get people together and, you know, that everything else would basically take care of itself. Um, the first thing I really said to Gary, and then this was kind of just his brilliant idea, was that I wanted to do something that felt obtainable and possible to actually complete. Um, you throw the every ride challenge at me right now, and I'm already thinking there's absolutely no way, you know, especially with current restrictions and park hopping it too and all. But we're like, what would be obtainable? Um, I'm a huge uh, college basketball fan. I love March Madness. That's kind of coming around the time we were starting to plan. And Gary came up with this great idea of just saying, well, what if we did a total of, you know, 16 rides, uh, four in each park and randomly select them live uh, in the Facebook community about two weeks prior. And that gives people two weeks to kind of game plan and figure out how they're going to get to them. So Gary actually kind of put the each park in some separate pools, you know, based on what the ride was and, and kind of its level and all. And then, yeah, we did a live. And I mean, he even had like little uh, like lottery balls and everything with the rides in it. And, uh, you know, right there on the Facebook community, he picked one at a time, you know, from each of these different pools for each of the parks. And that's how we came up with our 16. Um, and through this whole thing, the obvious charity was Give Kids the World. So and, and we've already now through this made some incredible connections with some of the wonderful people there. So that was kind of how the 16 came about. Um, I'll be honest, and I haven't, I don't know if I've fully admitted this. The weekend that we ended up selecting, we did put up several weekends for a vote, and this one actually won. Um, it was tied with another weekend, and then I voted, and that's how we got the April 22nd weekend, because April 22nd is my wife and I's anniversary. And we spend every year in Disney without the kids. And so we already had that weekend scheduled and we already had my parents coming to watch the kids for the weekend. So selfishly it worked out kind of very well for us to be there, but <laughs> it, it, you know, it kind of made sense for us. So we were, we were part of, you know, heading this thing up with Gary. So it, it made sense that, you know, for it to work out very well for us. After you guys had the 16 picked, did anybody do a trial run to see if, if the goal was actually obtainable for teams or did any teams do trial runs that you know of? No, none that none that we know of. Um, and yeah, I mean, the hardest the hardest part through the whole thing is is that park hop it too, because we were we were going to shut off. Um, and and this will be one of the things we learned this year that, you know, we'll know for next year. And this was all a big learning experience. We shut off the challenge at 8 p.m., even though Magic Kingdom, I think, was open till 11 that night because we were going to do an awards ceremony at 9 p.m. at Coronado Springs and we wanted people to be able to join that. So um, basically, you were looking at, I think, Hollywood Studios opened at 8 that morning or 8.30 for early access. And then you couldn't park hop till 2. So basically, your first half of the day was at one park. Your second half of the day for those six hours was going to be trying to knock out the other three. So I think that was really probably what was the biggest challenge. I mean, we finished Hollywood Studios and we had like four hours to kill. 
um, before we could go do anything else. So that was definitely challenging. Wow. Okay. So I know um, you guys had a list on the website of the attractions that you had chosen. Is it still there or do you want to read off the ones that you had randomly chosen for this one? Yeah, I can I can read them off. I have it up right now if you want. Um, oh, at Magic Kingdom, yeah, at Magic Kingdom, we had Space Mountain. We had uh, Space Ranger Spin. We had Astro Orbiter. And then we had Barnstormer. Uh, at Epcot, we had Ratatouille Adventure, Soarin', Living with the Land, Journey into Imagination. At Hollywood Studios, it was Slinky Dog Dash, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Star Tours, Rock and Roller Coaster. And then finally, at Animal Kingdom was Kilimanjaro Safari, Navi River Journey, Dinosaur, and Triceratops spin. Ooh, those studios ones, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like try, it's like I'm doing the math in my head. Like the the if you don't get lightning lanes for those, right? Did every team start at studios? Every single team, I believe, started at studios. Correct, Gary. Yes, every single team started smart. at studios. Very and smart. what was interesting, and this is actually, you know, we can talk strategies and things like that when we talk about what the actual challenge day looked like. But I don't think, I think very few teams, if any, got even, got, no team got more than one lightning lane for the studios. Um, because part of the strategy was to try to bank them for later on. Um, based uh. on some, you know, like, like you know, what's, you know, by the time you get to Animal Kingdom, what's Navi River going to look like? Or what's Space Mountain going to look like? You know, or or Soren, Or do you try to pull a paid lightning lane for Remy? You know, and, and so most of the teams actually, because as Jeremy mentioned, you know, you, you can't, you can only do one park from eight to two. So most teams figured, okay, if we knock out Hollywood Studios, we could probably get those four attractions, even if we have to burn a 60 minute wait on Slinky and, you know, a, a 45 minute wait on Runaway Railway, you know, we'll still be okay. Yeah. And so that that's was actually that was really smart. Of, that's, that's, that banking is. So every single team started at studios so that they wouldn't have to try to bank studios lightning lanes for later in the night. Right. Okay. So, okay. I would love to know how many teams did you guys have? The day of the actual event for, for throughout the weekend, we had about 10 or 11 teams doing because, you know, and I know you mentioned and, and we'll talk a little bit too about the scavenger hunt the day before. Um, but the day of the actual ride challenge, we had six teams running. Okay. And how many people are allowed to be on a team? Did you guys have any like, you know, sort of guidelines for how many people or anything like that? You know, one of the most important things that really we had, we always said, Jeremy and I from the beginning, we, you know, as we were discussing different aspects of the weekend, we said there are, there are two major driving forces here on this event that kind of have to guide us for everything that we're deciding to do. One is raise money um, and two is have fun. And so because of that, you know, we said if people want to go solo, they could. If we could do teams of two, we kind of arbitrarily set it at a team of as four, figuring that, you know, a lot of ride vehicles, you know, when they're loading, you know, parties of four kind of are a little bit easier than a party of, say, six. But if someone said, hey, we want to do this as a team of five, I, I don't think we would have told them, no, sorry, you have to split up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, you, you know, a family, if a family was down there or... Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Let's talk about, let's kind of go into the actual challenge day a bit and we'll, we'll circle back around to the scavenger hunt. Cause you guys really did have kind of like a whole weekend of activities planned, but this, this was kind of the, um, you know, the all out <laughs> WWF. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe not that, but, um, <laughs> I'm sure there was, a some competitive spirits in the, in the mix. <laughs> I, sure. I know. Yeah. I know. If Katie and I were out there, we would be um, throwing as punches. Yeah, okay. as, you, as you're saying, like that, you read all the attractions off two weeks before. Like, I know that we would be out here with like spreadsheets, and we would be, you know, checking yeah. historical data on touring plans and yep. calculating if the friction on the monorail is more than on an Uber to see how fast we can get to the next location. I do that. I do that on a regular family trip. Are you kidding? It'd be like tenfold yeah. on a challenge day. I'll I'll tell you that night, as soon as the draw was over, um, I I had an hour and a half long phone call with one of my every ride challenge buddies who's actually done a who's actually completed both parks. Um, and I was talking with him and we were we were gaming the whole thing out, like, okay, like you start at studios, you do, you know who do you hop to first? You know, and we were, we were, we kind of had like three contingencies laid out and then I was going over them with Jeremy. And so that was, that was what made it so fun too, I think was trying to plan it in, in, you know, ahead of time. And then that morning, you know, waking up and at, you know, six forty-five or something buying genie plus, and then waiting at seven to say, all right, well, you know, what's the first paid lightning lane that I'm going to try and book. And then what's the first genie plus lightning lane I'm going to try and book. And I would say that our plan that we had in our mind actually worked out pretty well to what we ended up doing. Um, and I think in general, we got pretty lucky that day with overall crowds with, you know, no ride breakdowns really. Um, but there was definitely a fun competitive spirit. Um, we certainly had one other team that was, that were very, very good friends with everybody that was on their team that we we're texting back and forth all day long. And then the coolest part, was just walking through any of the parks and looking over and seeing another team that you didn't even know was in the park at that moment, you know, wearing our main street 16 challenge t-shirts or, you know, we're walking off a ride and we see a, a team and we gave every team a Sharpie as well. And on the back of the shirt was actually all the rides listed with the check checkbox. So as they did a ride, they could all check it off their shirt. Like just seeing that in the park and all um, was just the coolest thing. And yes, actually seeing this thing that, you know, Gary and I had worked so hard on in a very short amount of time, actually be pretty successful. That was, I don't know if I was surprised or I was just so happy. I loved the t-shirt idea. That yeah, was, I know. Yeah. I loved it too. You guys have been around for a while. You've got, you know, a dedicated group of followers and they're going to tell their friends. And if somebody's already going to be there that weekend, so they're, you know, the word gets around for sure. So, and now that you've done it once and you've worked out a lot of the kinks, you know, and the people that have done it probably had like an amazing time. So they're just, I'm sure some of them are planning to come back and yes. try to <laughs> try to take the trophy. <laughs> Yeah. And we'd love to, we'd love to, you know, double everything we did this year from the amount of money we raised to the amount of teams that participate. Um, and you saying take the trophy. Yeah. We had trophies. We had actual like 
nice trophies with our logo and plaques and everything on them um, for winners. And we had medals and, and stuff for the scavenger hunt. And so uh, we, we were very lucky to have some really good three awesome sponsors uh, that were able to cover the cost of, you know, the trophies, the medals, the T-shirts uh, and different things like that. So it, it was we were just so happy it all worked out. And, you know, we wanted somebody to walk away with not only just the memory of them having fun, but if they won, they got a cool trophy they can go ahead and, you know, set on their mantle or something. So um, that part was really cool. And we had prizes. Don't forget we had, yeah. we, we, you know, Give oh, Kids yeah, the World was so nice. Awesome prizes, like yeah. hotel stays and what was it? Yeah. Was, somebody got tickets to DizCon. <laughs> yeah, the t- tickets to DizCon with the, and, and I can't remember which one matched up with which, so Gary probably remembers. I think with the tickets to DizCon, I believe, might have come with the two-night stay at Margaritaville and then tickets yes. to uh, Night of a Million Lights um, came with a two night stay to play. I think it's called Melia in celebration, yep. um, Florida. So yeah, some, some pretty good little, little packages. I, I gotta say, I really wanted to, to win one of those stays, but I feel like that would have would looked a little suspect. So maybe we, maybe we purposely didn't win and I'll just go with that. <laughs> um, okay. So you did say that everybody decided that they were going to start out at the studios and, and you've got this 2 p.m. kind of restriction. So, you know, you're you're getting to the park. I'm assuming everybody showed up at Rope Drop trying to get yep. on their first attraction. Um, and yep. so it, and when was that? I guess if you were staying on property, maybe like 730 or so. I, th- I think it was 7.30 that morning. I think park open was normal at 8. Um, we actually arrived a little bit later. We did have one of the other team's uh, members bang on our door to our hotel room very early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> and my alarm had not yet gone off, but she was up and, and ready to roll. Um, so she kind of just came by to tell us that she was going to beat us. Um, but we, we got up and got together and we arrived a little closer to 8.30. Uh, but there were plenty of teams that had gotten there you know, at seven thirty, And again, that was one of those where you're planning this out and we originally were staying off property and we're like, man, that 30 minute advantage is going to be potentially huge, you know, just to knock out Hollywood studios as quickly as we can. So we ended up switching to pop century. Um, and then we didn't even take advantage of it, of course, but uh, <laughs> I think everybody pretty much headed to slinky dog, you know, to, to knock that out first as a standby. Um, but we were, I'm, I'm looking at my notes now, we ended up being done at 11 a.m. Uh, we did standby on Slinky. Uh, Star Tours, funny enough, um, my wife had broke her toe the week before. And so we had her in an ECV. And as we were coming up to Star Tours, a cast member just said, hey, come over right this way and, and put us through the lightning lane. Um, not that Star Tours was a, a real long wait that morning, but that was kind of nice. Um, then we did standby for Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, we had gotten a lightning lane for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And then 11 a.m., we went and decided we were going to take a break and get lunch at Bar Riva because it's one of our favorite spots. And we were going to Epcot second. So that worked out very well. So can I ask, since I'm a, I mean, I know you guys had a lot of, you said you banked a lot of lightning lanes. I don't know if anybody, other teams mentioned it. But do you know, just in comparison, I guess for my own curiosity, what was your actual wait time versus the posted wait times um i mean in in general i've noticed I, I we did not wait more i will say than 10 minutes for any lightning lane that we used and we used i believe that day 
uh, one, two, three. I think we used four Genie Plus Lightning Lanes, and then we used uh, Remy as a paid Lightning Lane. And I, yeah, I don't remember waiting more than ten minutes for any of them. Uh, I don't feel like the parks were crazy, crazy busy that yeah. day. Pretty standard. So think of your standard wait times. Right. So there was definitely an advantage, obviously, to using uh, Lightning Lane to get through some of these. Now Hollywood Studios, again, we had so much time. We could have literally done standby for all four rides if we wanted and still had enough time to do them. Um, It helped out uh, um, at Epcot, and then it helped a lot with Navi River Journey once we got to Animal Kingdom. Um, Those two, we did want it for Soren at Epcot, and of course we paid for Remy. So those were very, very helpful in cutting out time, especially when you had this short window. And our team was basically signing out a little after 7 p.m., because we had to get back to the room. We had to get all the awards. We had to get the prizes. We had to get to um, Coronado. Uh, We're seeing if we could get into three bridges to do it. You know, so we had to get there earlier. So that was really one of the large reasons that we didn't finish. Um, The only other reason, even if we had ended up at Magic Kingdom, we showed up to Kilimanjaro Safari at 7.02 and they closed it down an hour before. So it was closed at seven. So that was going to make it so we couldn't complete the challenge anyway even if we had headed over to um magic kingdom yeah. i love looking at the magic kingdom one that all i mean aside from barnstormer the close proximity of the three that one four, worked out. that yeah. was like <laughs> and you know it was funny so when we did the pods so the, the way that the pods were designed you know we didn't want because we wanted to try to make this attainable you know we didn't want really the possibility that like the four magic kingdom rides would be you know, Mine Train, Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain, you know, and yeah. Splash, right? And so we kind of devised the pods that, you know, major e-tickets were in, like, like pod one was Mine Train and Space and Thunder, you know? And then, so you had a pod then that was like, you know, Pirates, Mansion, Peter Pan, Buzz Lightyear, you know, and then another pod was like Astro Orbiter, Carousel of Progress, um, you know, uh, Regal Carousel, you know, and then just by chance, three Tomorrowland attractions come out. And then the other one that comes out is Barnstormer, basically right next door, you know, and so it was just funny. And, you know, it kind of happened the same way that the two land pavilion, you know, um, yeah. rides came out of the in the Epcot bin. You know, and so it, it was interesting to cut, you know, and, and, you know, we did a, a, the random drawing live and that's just how it, it shook down. So, yeah, so it, and then that becomes part of your strategy, right? Is because how do you bounce one to one to one? With the 2 p.m. park hopping, you know, hurdle, if you will. I mean, you're, you're really rele- relegated to now you have to do three parks. You, you have one, half the day to do one park and then you have to do three parks in the other half of the day. Did you find yeah. that teams followed a similar park route? Like did everybody go to Epcot next or, was it, <laughs> or was it like literally like people just scattered after the studios park hopping time yeah. ended? Yeah. If I remember correctly, Gary, didn't both of the, I mean, I know we did Hollywood, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and then we would have done Magic Kingdom. I'm, I believe both of the teams that completed did that same tour, didn't they? 
No, they order? actually they actually separated. Um, so the oh. the team who won did Epcot, Magic, Animal Kingdom. Okay. And the other team did Animal Kingdom, Magic, Epcot. Okay, I just have to say the team that ended at Animal Kingdom that is a baller move. <laughs> well, so here and so you know Jeremy mentioned and th- this is something really that was really kind of cool to kind of watch happen on the day of the event when you talk about strategy. I think that you know you you kind of have to know is there a ride that's going to close a little bit early. Um, you know, when you do the every ride challenge, there are some rides in some of the parks, like the Wildlife Express train closes at 430. Yep. So, you know, you have to get to Animal Kingdom to complete that. Otherwise, you're automatically you're done. Right. And so the team that won who finished at Animal Kingdom, they got to Animal Kingdom. They So what actually happened to them, so they, they crushed Magic Kingdom as their third park, except for Barnstormer. And they got to Barnstormer, and Barnstormer, for some unknown reason, had a 35-minute wait. What? And so they were sitting there just having crushed Space, Buzz, and the Astro Orbiter, and they're just sitting there and sitting there waiting to get on Barnstormer, waiting to get on Barnstormer. And so what they actually did, so they finally get off Barnstormer and they run to the Contemporary to get an Uber to Animal Kingdom. And they get to Animal Kingdom and they sprint to Kilimanjaro Safari and they got on the last safari train of the night. So if they had missed that, they would have lost. Oh. And that means they were about three minutes in front of when we showed up to Kilimanjaro. I was going to say, I, right. I, I, bet, I bet if they turned right. around, they'd have seen you running up to the. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That, that was, that was just me. And, and I knew that information. I, I literally, we just lost track of, of time at that point. And, and yeah, had no idea we were walking up at 702. I don't think. Yeah. They completed animal kingdom. At, what we also, the, of the last rule that we had was that in order to kind of level the playing field, we were kind of trying to decide like, what is the finish line for this race? You know, if we're having teams compete against each other, we're like, is the finish line three bridges at Coronado? And we're just going to watch teams like sprint across Lago Dorado, you know, is the finish line like when like the, ride you know like when you get off your last ride and so what we decided was it was the front of whatever park you finished at so you had to take a picture with spaceship earth or you had to take a picture in front of the animal kingdom sign or at the plant or at the train station you know etc and so they actually uploaded their photo in front of animal kingdom at eight o'clock on the dot and (laughs) and and at at 7 56 the team at Epcot got into the queue of their last ride, wow. which was uh, which was Remy uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So had that other team that was that catching that last safari truck was the difference between first place and second place, basically. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm just like I'm thinking about it, and I'm I'm just in my mind. I'm I'm I was probably going to be heading to Animal Kingdom second yeah, or third, I, but not last. <laughs> Oh. See, I'm looking at it going, okay, I would have totally hit up Hollywood Studios, then went to Animal Kingdom, and then probably Barnstormer, then the three that are close, hop on the monorail, go over to Epcot, 
hit that, go to end with Remy, go to Boardwalk, get an Uber from Boardwalk to Coronado. That, yeah. That's literally how, that's the order I would have done it in too, Katie. So <laughs> Sign us up, we're coming next I know. year. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would absolutely love that. <laughs> um, okay, so, wow, that's just insane to me. That's so cool, though. Like, kudos to having the cojones to just be like, no, we're doing this. (laughs) So how did you guys keep track of everyone's progress throughout the day? Like, I know you guys had probably a pretty, you know, solid list of of rules. um, But how did you keep track of everyone's progress since you were talking about, you know, they had to have photos uploaded and all of that? So we used a, a geolocating-based uh, app called Move uh, that is used specifically for kind of these types of things, kind of like scavenger hunts and, and you know, again, this challenge worked out well. And so Gary was able to go in ahead of time and actually pinpoint the geolocation of each of the rides in each of the parks. And so when they had the app downloaded and logged in, as they approached a certain distance to that ride, basically it would prompt them to take their photo and upload it directly in there. Um, it, it, it worked really, really well for the challenge. We had a little bit of issues with the scavenger hunt just because I think there were so many locations and some were too close together where, you know, the wrong thing popped up. Um, I'm not sure how we'll do it next year, but it was neat because uh, as far as I know, no one had ever done it this way. You know, usually it's kind of, kind of manually tracked through social media and stuff like that. So I I feel like we might've been the first to use an actual dedicated app to, you know, have these people work their way through the challenge. So I thought that part too was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah. And then we had all the photos of everyone, you know, basically they had to be on the ride vehicle, you know, taking their photo to, to show that they had done it. Um, along with a, you know, a couple other rules here and there, but it worked out pretty well for the most part. That's cool. So could every team see every other team or was it just kind of like admin access to where you guys could see everybody, but nobody else knew what was going on with any other team? There, there was a leaderboard, wasn't there, Gary? Yes, they could see okay. they couldn't see each other's photos, um, but they could see um, the leaderboard. So they could see like, oh, one team has hit eight rides and we've only done five. We better step it up. Oh man, just yeah. it, just adding that was, just that adding was tenseness. <laughs> <laughs> Getting anxiety thinking about this. <laughs> it's yeah, we, we were the people who did the five rides, looking at the people who had already done eight. So we were a little bit slower, <laughs> I feel like that day than some of the other ones. Uh, maybe lunch at Bar Riva didn't help. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let me yeah. ask you because you guys said you met up at Coronado after. So did you work with? Um, Disney and any of the um, resorts and like getting a big space saved or did you just kind of no? um, we, we looked, we looked into it and it just wasn't going to be, you know, possible based on size and finances and stuff like that. Um, I was hoping that I was going to be able to get us into three bridges just because I happen to know quite a few people there um, and, and usually we're able to get accommodated. But luckily we had such a great turnout of people that came to kind of the award ceremony, even people who didn't participate that day, you know, maybe they were working or they had something else going on. Some of them even came out that evening. So we actually ended up uh, sitting right outside of um, the, the old lobby area. There's a whole bunch of outdoor tables and stuff there. Uh, there's a bar right nearby and stuff. So that's where we actually ended up uh, doing it. 
Um, but yeah, you know, next year we're looking at possibly doing some portion of event where we would rent a space, um, on the Friday. So we'll certainly look into that a little bit more next year, but uh, believe it or not, it's kind of expensive to, to uh, rent stuff from Disney. (laughs) So yeah, that, that was not in the budget. Yeah. That space out by, uh, the old, the old check though. That's a nice little area. I know that area very well. (laughs) Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. In, in April, you know, it was a beautiful, cool evening. And I mean, I, I don't even remember how many people we had come out, but it was a, a really, really good group. And we hung out for a while and I got to stand up and, you know, thank everyone and, and give kids the world. They had representatives out there uh, with us that night and they were just so super impressed by, you know, what everyone had had pulled off. I mean, you know, Gary was the mastermind behind this thing. Um, you know, I certainly helped him when I could. You know, luckily, my wife and I have the platform, but we could have done all of this. And if no team showed up, then it's not a success. So all the teams that showed up, everybody that supported, I mean, we raised close to $12,000 wow. in the end. Uh, my goal was 5,000. So that, Whoa, that went really, that's really awesome. well. That's Heck yeah. <laughs> I totally got into a bidding war with somebody for the <laughs> Paige O'Hara Zoom call, which I had to relinquish oh, myself oh. because I was like, at a certain point, I'm going to have to talk to my husband about this money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus I had just ordered a hundred dollar book that I wanted from France. And I was like, I can't spend all of this money all of this week. <laughs> so whoever got that Paige O'Hara Zoom call, like, you know, shout out to you. At least I, at least I, uh, you know, raised the bidding, if you will. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Then, Yeah. My wife was trying to get the autographed um, photo and, and she ended up getting outbid, but she did end up buying me because I'm just a giant nerd. The uh, David Danapor um, from Flight of Passage, she did buy me the autographed one of that. So I still got to get that framed and, and hang it up in my office somewhere. That's awesome. And I, I know, um, Somebody got a very expensive chat with Jody Benson as well. Yes. Yes. It was it, Omar from Give Kids the World who, uh, again, I mean, really, with, without Omar and Gary, this thing was nothing. Um, but he, so he was the one that was able to, you know, put all these different things together. I remember him just messaging us. He was like, wow, this thing went to like $200. And then, like, I swear it was like 10 minutes later, he messaged us and it was at over 2000 or something. And we're like, whoa. I yeah, mean, the just first absolutely time I unbelievable. Saw it, it was over $2,000. And I was like, well, yeah. it's a good thing that Belle is my princess. So, <laughs> yeah. What did, what, what did that end up going for, Don? Do you know? I have no idea, but it, it got up there too. It, it definitely. Yeah, it was in the 2000 range. Yeah. So that's just absolutely incredible. We will definitely be doing the online uh, auction again next year, next year, because it was really a huge part of the success, along with, you know, everybody's other donations and all. Um, And of course, the sponsors getting to cover all these types of uh, costs for us was great. I do want to take a minute because you guys did have another event on the weekend, which was the scavenger hunt. And that was the day before, right? Was that Friday? Yeah. Yeah. So the way that the weekend planned out, and again, this will be one of the lessons learned because everybody was about to just pass out Saturday night from pure exhaustion. Um, We, you know, basically Friday is when it was going to start and we were going to start with the scavenger hunt. uh, And that was going to run from 12 to 6. Uh, We were then going to do an evening meetup at Bar Riva at 7 p.m. for that day's awards and to kind of, you know, 
hand out the T-shirts to the teams for Saturday, uh, kind of lay out the final rules, how everything would work. Then Saturday was the you know pretty much eight to eight, uh, twelve hour challenge, and then the Coronado Springs uh, meetup that evening. Um, so what we found is that that was a lot. And so we will definitely change up a few things next year. I think, uh, the late night stuff I think is kind of what got people. I mean, I know we, we closed down Bar Riva at 10 PM, you know, and, and we were staying at an all-star. So we had to, you know, make our way back there. So we weren't even, and then we hung out in our room with a bunch of friends that were staying there and we didn't even go to bed till after midnight Friday night. And then, yeah, we had, you know, one of the other teams banging on our door at 630 in the morning yeah this is what happened when you get disney people together is they disney (laughs) really hard and then they get tired and then they can't stop disneying and then they just that's just how it goes (laughs) we had three of our good friends because we had we had like i think four or five groups were all staying at all-star and um three of our really good friends just came back to to our room and we stopped and, and got a whole pizza and we all just sat around eating pizza and you know, talking about the day and, and kind of talking about what the, the next day would look like. Um, so it was certainly, certainly fun, but yeah, we would change some things up next year. With the scavenger hunt, how many, you know, clues were, how many clues did you guys have for that? Like, was that a whole day event or just a few hours? Yeah, I'll, I'll let Gary uh, run with this one. Cause this is another one of his genius ideas. <laughs> um, so we decided, so the, the big thing that we wanted for this event was that we actually wanted something that people could do that didn't cost them extra money. So, you know, obviously in order to do the ride challenge, you need a park admission and a park hopper plus genie, you know, if you choose to use it. So we wanted to do something else that people could do if they were going to be down there with us, if they wanted to come down for a special day and not add money to their trip. Um, and so we devised a scavenger hunt um, that would only be outside of the parks. And so in the end, we ended up with 50 clues for WW50. Um, and they covered Disney Springs, the monorail loop resorts, the Skyliner resorts, and the boardwalk area. And okay. we and we gave teams, um, again, because we wanted to get teams to be able to get to the social events, we gave them six hours um, to, do, to do the scavenger hunt. And okay. we used the same um, app, the Move app. And what we did was we gave them a printout of the 50 clues so they could, you know, noodle on it and work on it and see what they, you know, write, take some notes and things like that. And then we geotagged the 50 locations across property on the app, but they were hidden. So they couldn't pull up in the app and see where the 50 challenges were. And what would happen is when they got within a certain perimeter of the geotag, it would alert them, yes, you have solved this clue, now take your photo. Um, and then for a couple of locations, we even had little like secondary photos where they had to, they had 90 seconds to find a hidden Mickey and upload that photo. Otherwise the app would like shut them out. Um, or there was one where they had to put together a puzzle, like a little like slide puzzle on the app um, to get bonus points. And they had a certain time to do that. So the, the app kind of took them all across property based on the clues that they had that we gave them. 
Wow. And how did you come up with the clues? Because you had posted five in our in our main and magic Facebook group that you did not use. And yeah. it was a team effort. I know. I think I got all but the last one. And and I actually I want to read them and and confirm that we have collectively sure. at least landed sure. near the right answers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we actually we actually you know we we had a group of people. This wasn't just Jeremy and and I. Um, you know we we had a couple of other meetings where we had people helping us uh, with different connections for the events, helping make calls to you know secure the trophies and the medals and things like that. We actually have one guy who is a uh, part of the Main Street Magic community who's a meteorologist and he was watching the weather forecasts for the week and and things like that. But um so everyone kind of submitted a couple of clues and then we just kept coming up with more and more by ourselves and we would just kind of try to think of a location first and then kind of like cobble together a clue after that. So okay, if I want to get you to the boardwalk, you know, or to a specific location at the boardwalk, what's a clue that I can write to get you to that place? Okay, you're just reverse engineering it. Yeah, yep. Yep. Okay. Okay, well, I want to read some of these that you posted for us to yeah, just so- play with. And these were the these were ones that were not used. Yes, these were on our original list that got that got pared down. So these did not make the final cut. And you can tell us if we if we at least landed in the area. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first one was outside of winter, spring, summer, and fall, the only place in the world where you can find five diamonds. And it looks like we came up with Victoria and Albert. Albert. That is correct. And okay. the clue, so so winter, spring, summer, and fall are the four seasons. And the four seasons is a five diamond hotel. So we didn't want people to think they had to get over to the four seasons. Um, and so, yes, Victoria and Albert's a five diamond restaurant, the only five diamond restaurant uh, in Orlando. Oh, I didn't even think about the four seasons thing. I just do the Victoria and Albert's five Robert diamond restaurant. Yeah, right down the nice. road. <laughs> Um, okay, the Never. next one was the end of the line in the middle of a lake, which was, I think Aaron got this one. Uh, let's see. The end of the Skyliner in Hourglass Lake between Art of Animation and Pop Century. There you go. Okay, nice. perfect. That one, that I one don't me. even... Oh, what did I, I? That's what I was. That was the one where I said parasailing yes. on Bay Lake. <laughs> but I guess you don't necessarily want people to have to rent a boat and go out to the <laughs> middle of a lake. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, the third one said, I keep the friendship boats from crashing into the shore at night. And I said, The Lighthouse at the Yacht Club Resort. Correct. Sweet. Uh, walking broomsticks protect a hole, and yeah. we've got Fantasia mini mini golf for that. Yep. Sweet. And the last one was in the shadow of a triangle, five shells spill into one, and I guessed that was the Dolphin Resort. Yeah, the facade of the dolphin has that kind of water feature where the water cascades down the shells into like the big shell pool before it falls into the fountain. So yeah, you got it. 
You guys yeah, are good. So it, maybe we'll do, we'll have everybody in our Facebook group. We'll just have a 90 person team. <laughs> you can crowdsource. You can crowdsource the day off. <laughs> That's awesome. And those were French. Ones, some of them I had to like, and I'm guessing everybody did this, right? When they got their clues, they probably read them all. You know, I, I yeah. read them all and I kind of walked away for a minute and I had to come back. <laughs> well, because also what, and we wanted to give them out to everybody all at once rather than having to, because we want, because they were clumped together. You know, I think like maybe 15 or so of the 50 are in Disney Springs. And so we didn't want someone to like leave Disney Springs, go to Boardwalk and then be like, oh shoot that's back at Disney Springs, like you know? And so yeah. this way they, they could kind of try to figure out like, okay, I think I know where this is. I think I know where this is. Okay. Let's get these 10 and we'll keep puzzling on the others. Yeah. And that's what everyone did when we met up. Do you guys, do you guys have the list like available or are you keeping them close to your chest for maybe future uses? We, we could certainly share it. Oh, that would be yeah. awesome. That'd be, wow. be real fun. I mean, that'd be neat for people to, you know, try and almost fill it out. I mean, I know they obviously can't maybe go there this this moment, but, or again, I mean, I'd love for people just to do this on their own one day if they want, you know, they could take a, this would be a great, you know, well, I'm not going to call it a rest day. It's That's the last thing it is. But, <laughs> you know, when, when someone says, you know what, well, this is going to be our, our non-park day. Uh, let's go ahead and, you know, try and do this scavenger hunt and see how many of these 50 we can get. Um, I'd, I'd love to see that. Yeah, that would be super cool. I would love to check that out. Would you like five that did make the list? See if you can yeah. come up with their locations. Uh, Katie's yeah. right. We're, like, on, <laughs> we're on a weird Katie, Katie's probably going to hang out up as soon as that is over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, where can you find the flags of six countries and one state all in the same place? Six countries and one state. You don't, you, these don't have to be at, uh, they're not in the parks. They're no. not, none of them are in the parks. So the don't, parks. don't even think about the parks. It's one of, it's one of the resorts. Yeah. I feel like it's the contemporary no, you're in the wrong part of the property. Okay. I'll tell you it's a Skyliner hotel. Uh, Riviera. Next door. Caribbean Beach, yes. Caribbean so, Beach, out, out front. So out yeah. front out front of Caribbean Beach, they have the flagpoles of the five yeah. Caribbean yeah. countries. And then, and then the United States is six. And then the flag of the state of Florida flies next to them. Dude. Okay. Where can you find Empress Lily? Oh, Empress Lily is in Disney Springs. It's Paddlefish. There you go. See nice. that, right? Nice. nice. I mean, I ate at it when it was Fulton's. Yes. It used yeah, to be that's what it used to be. Ooh, yeah. well, right. That's a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's back in the MGM days. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got an amazing rooftop bar there now for paddlefish. That is amazing in the evening. Like when the sun's setting, you get small bites and some good drinks and stuff. And if it's cool, they've got like a fire pit up there. It's a really cool spot. I have to check that out. Yeah. All right. Be prepared to find the main addressee. So you say be prepared. I'm thinking Lion King. Okay. So art of animation. 
All right. So where in the art of animation would you go? Well, in the Lion King. Yeah. And, the Lion and King who's, the, who's and the main? And there's the walking thing with Simba and Timon and Pumbaa walking across. Okay. So if you were there, your app would not activate yet because you had to go a little bit farther down to find Scar. Ah, yes. He ah. is down there. You're right. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. The world record for solving this is 5.55 seconds. Find a solved one. Oh, that has to be the Rubik's, oh, Rubik's Cube, Cube at Pop Century. Pop Century. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Nice. All right. All right. And one more. Find a hidden Mickey under a Mickey sitting on a Mickey. Uh, contemporary. <laughs> oh, contemporary. Contemporary. Yeah. Photo booth yep. shot. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. See, so all right, so so you would you would be doing pretty well. You'd be We're own this, Katie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not competitive at all. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, yeah. If if you guys have more of those, or if you have a, a if you have them like posted on your website, um, I'd love to send people over to check it out because. Scavenger hunts are fun, and I think it gets people to kind of go out yeah. and see new things, and yeah. yeah. And that's all I'm here for, so I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Um, I do want to talk about you. You guys have already decided that you are going to do another one, and you've already got dates picked out, which is yes, awesome. So why don't you tell us? what you know when you're planning the next one and kind of like what is going to be different in terms of challenges and the way the week the weekend is going to kind of unfold sure so uh it will be in 2023 february 2nd to 5th um one thing that we did kind of realize even though I, i don't think it affected us too much is that we were still up against some of the spring break crowds by being in april um you know because the spring break crowds can run down there for four to five weeks sometimes because you've got them coming from all over the United States and such. So we wanted to get a little away from that and we wanted to get into something that might be a little bit cooler weather, you know, when you're running around the parks all day. So it will be February 2nd to 5th. Um, and again, coming June 8th, that'll be perfect because people can, you know, kind of start booking out and preparing for that. Um, and we wanted to decide it. I mean, literally we came back and I can't even tell you how many people that week said, I hate that I couldn't make this year's event, but I want to be there next year. When is it? And so Gary and I made a quick decision on let's go ahead and pick the weekend and let's get it out there so people can start planning, you know, uh, way ahead of time. Um, One of the things we're going to change up this year, which uh, now I think you guys are probably going to be disappointed, but we're going to send you this scavenger hunt list anyway, is that we're going to switch up Friday. Um, I think doing the all day scavenger hunt, as I mentioned before, and then having something that evening was just a bit too much for people. And I don't, I don't, we had certainly had teams that did both the hunt and the challenge, but I think we could have had possibly more if it just wasn't so involved. So what we're looking at doing on Friday, possibly early afternoon or midday is doing, uh, is actually renting a spot. This would be a ticketed event, possibly, um, unless sponsors are able to cover it or something, uh, probably at Disney Springs. Uh, we're probably going to look at maybe Splitsville or House of Blues or one of the places that has private space to rent. And we want to do still a team activity. So we're looking at doing a team trivia. So we would have a block of, you know, whatever the hours may be, three to four hours. We would take up half of that time probably or so or an hour of that to do a team trivia with prizes. 
um, you know, do it real up hosted by, you know, Gary and myself and my wife, Rhonda. Um, and then following that, we want to do a live uh, podcast episode, uh, like kind of probably a Q&A or something with the crowd that's there. Um, you know, we're hoping we'd be able to have this provide food, beverage, things like that. But then if that's able to wrap up by the evening, then people have that evening to kind of if they want to continue to hang out and do stuff together and stay up till midnight, go for it. If they want to get back to the room and relax and get ready for the challenge uh, the next day. They can do that as well. Uh, Saturday, again, will be a 16-ride challenge. I have a feeling we'll do very similar to this year. We'll do the lottery system. We'll randomly pick you know, the four rides from each park. Um, hope that it switches up a lot you know, from, from this, this past one, but uh, we'll just kind of see. And then let that run from park open to the latest park close. Then we'd look at Sunday morning uh, doing a, a meetup to give away all the awards, uh, most likely at Everglazed because they've got a really good out door spot behind it there that you can kind of get a good gathering um so yeah that's kind of what we're looking at for next weekend uh we are going to look at some opportunities if there are to block rooms um again we got to go back and, and figure out what the minimums and minimums and stuff like that are but uh should be a lot of fun should be good weather and again i want to double the amount raised and i want to double the amount of teams that participated if we can well i don't want to speak for dawn but you got one team right here, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Make your, make your calendar now. Get your team together. And- you know what's funny is uh, my family was just, well, my sister and my parents are going on a cruise that week, but they're planning to go to Disney before their cruise. Yeah. So they're talking of going the 28th and 29th of January. And I'm, we're, me as and my husband and my son are thinking of going and then maybe staying. But I'm there like, you go. Hmm, they don't need to stay. They can go home. I'm staying the home. Right. that would be yeah that would be awesome so we've got you know we're we've taken a little bit of a break i mean we certainly came up with these ideas for next year and got the dates but i think gary and i will be uh having our our probably first official meeting for 2023 here not too long because we really you know we really want to do everything we can whether it's possible room blocks at this event space for friday um you know I, i can tell you right now i think all three of our sponsors from this year. I know two of them are already on board for sure for next year. And I'm pretty positive the third one will be down. So we're, we're hoping to do a lot of the same cool stuff um, that we're able to do with the awards, with the shirts and, and all those types of things. Um, of course, if we're looking at doubling the teams, then we got to double the awards and shirts maybe. So we'll look at picking up some other sponsors, I hope. Do you want to just mention the sponsors for this year's um, just so we can give them a shout out? Yeah. Well, everyone is familiar familiar with touring plans, um, and Lynn Test and his team were so gracious to be one of our premier sponsors. Uh, he did not bat an eye, and I got to say, I think it was the perfect combination because even though you're using Genie Plus and Lightning, you know, paid Lightning Lane to get on the rides, you're using touring plans for everything that's standby, you know, and seeing what looks actual and kind of looking at their recommendations on maybe where to go next. Uh, one of our other premier sponsors was Mouse Dining. Um, and you can go to their site and you can put in, you know, hard to find reservations. They will alert you, uh, via email or possibly text to, you know, one of those reservations opens up. And then, uh, one of the final ones who I've gotten to know the owners now really well through this whole event, um, Jessica and Landon, they're absolutely amazing is vacation grocery delivery. Uh, the entire company is run by, uh, cast members that were laid off during the pandemic. Uh, Most of them were in entertainment or they were uh, face characters. 
And so now Jessica and Landon started this. They hire laid off cast members. Um, what makes them completely different than trying to use shipped or, you know, Amazon or Instacart is that they do not upcharge on the items like most other delivery services do. And it's just one flat delivery fee. Um, and you can actually book out way ahead to get secure a spot with them from your vacation. And then just like the day or two before you basically need to upload, you know, and select your list. But um, they're just absolutely wonderful people. It's a great company. And uh, yeah, all three of those, this would not have, have been the success that it was without them. I will say I actually subscribe to touring plans and use them for every trip that I go on. Yes. I love it, touring plans. <laughs> I was, when, when we first started going, we first became pass holders. I was, I mean, I was 100% into touring plans down to every little detail and recommendation. Yep. And now I'll use them for the crowd calendar and stuff. But yep. the thing I love the most is that I've tracked every single trip we've been on in the past six years through them, which is upwards of a hundred or so, I think. And it's so neat, you know, cause I put in the hotel and I put in the dates and it's every year at the end of the year, I go back and I just look at that year and I kind of just, I'm like, Oh, I remember that trip in, you know, January. Oh yeah. Here's the one we did in March and it's got the dates and it's got, you know, the exact, um, uh, place we stayed and everything. So just, they have so many great features and, and Lynn is just one of the nicest human beings on the, the planet, at least that I've ever met. Um, so unfortunately his team had a really busy April. They were not able to participate. Lynn was out of town this year. Um, I'm hoping to actually get touring plans to form at least one team and, and hopefully get Lynn there as well next year. So I'm gonna start working on him now. Yes, because I want him and his sister because like yes. their energy together, there's, it's something funny about like very adult siblings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, I love when he has his sister on the Disney dish, like just, Hey, newsflash guys. My favorite Disney podcast is the Disney dish. I love one. And I, his, I listened to the episode where he was reviewing the star cruiser like three times, like his whole Hank lonely thing. I just died. I, (laughs) so and we actually had a scav- one of the scavenger hunt clues because one of the things we were trying to do was, you know, to reward people who listen to the Main Street Magic podcast and know a little bit of Main Street Magic trivia. And like maybe like two weeks or three weeks before the weekend, um, Jeremy had went on to discuss the Star Cruiser and he was talking about Hank Lonely. So one of the clues we had in the scavenger hunt was where would you go if you were trying to get props to be in Hank Lonely's next film? Um, so that we got, we got teams to the, to the star Wars, uh, gift shop at, at Disney Springs to the, the outpost. So, so yeah, he factored in too. Um, one other one that we wanted to mention real quick was just because, um, one of the other prizes that we had, um, for the ride challenge day, we actually told, since Buzz Lightyear was one of the rides, we told teams, hey, take a photo of your score on Buzz. It might come in handy later on. And at the award ceremony that night, uh, the person who had the highest score on Buzz that day um, found out that they won a one-year print subscription to WDW Magazine. Nice. WDW Magazine donated to us. So, Oh, cool. Was anyone a galactic yeah. hero? No one was a galactic <laughs> hero. I'm terrible at, at that game. <laughs> The me trick, too, me too. The trick. I'll give you guys the t- the tip. You got to keep your finger. You got to keep the button pressed down. Don't let up on the button. Okay. I am not one of those people that watches 
multiple TikTok videos on what aim what to aim at i don't do that at all (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, Uh, i do have a question for you guys though the vacation grocery delivery um because i i have clients that are always asking where to get groceries from do they have a website or is it facebook only um let me double check it real quick i think it's vacation grocery delivery fl.com but let me double check it real quick yeah because i Um, mean i would love to support them and i i always have clients looking for groceries and yeah so vacation grocery delivery uh fl.com and yeah it's i think it's a 30 dollar delivery fee and again them not marking up um they can do alcohol if need be um which i know and it's a little bit easier kind of through them than some of the other places um but yeah it's and you go on their website you'll see the complete um you know breakdown of how they do their zero markup so what you would pay in the store is i mean what you're paying through them um which nobody else does so and again they're just the best people and yeah. we, one of the things even even the um shirt you know and i'll just give i guess one more shout out they're called justified prints uh that is in orlando florida and even that is run by cast members um some that were laid off some that work part-time. So one of the things we tried to do when we were looking for a few of these things was anything we could to support former cast members or laid off cast members. Um, so, cause they're, you know, they're one of the main reasons Disney is what it is. So any way we can support them, we always try to. Absolutely. Yeah. If, and we'll get all the links to the sponsors and we'll add those to our show notes too. So you guys can Wonderful. find all of those links um in the show notes and support them and you know hopefully they'll be sponsors again in the next for the next one yeah so yeah one last question just because i've been jonesing for it lately and katie (laughs) mentioned it today do you think that you'll ever do one in disneyland would love to at some point, you know, this is, we've already planned for this 2023. This is going to be a yearly event. Um, would love to be able to do something out there. I, my wife and I have actually not been to Disneyland yet. Um, so, you know, maybe we can do it in a year that uh, our first trip there. And that would be a, that'd be a pretty cool thing to do out there. I will oh, give you man. a hot take. You guys have to get out to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. So we were supposed to go for D, the last D23, and um, we were going to be there for that whole thing. And then Walt Disney World, and we had everything booked. We had a hotel. The only thing we hadn't booked was flight. Everything was ready. And then Disney World had to announce that they were opening Galaxy's Edge. I think it was basically the weekend after or before. And we just couldn't afford to be gone for what would have ended up being like 10 days to two weeks. So we, but we felt as a Disney world podcast, we had to be there for the opening of galaxy's edge, you know, here in Disney world. So we unfortunately had to cancel that Disneyland trip and just haven't had the opportunity to make it back. Cause of you know, this whole pandemic thing. That happened. It might be better. It might've worked out better for you because now when you go Avengers campus will be open. So yes. you'll get the full, like everything's kind of done for you sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But we will, we will have plans out to get out there for sure. We're hoping in 2023 at some point. I will give the hot take that I actually like Disneyland better than Walt Disney world. My dad oh. does um, and yeah. So I would be absolutely on board <laughs> to do, to do an event like this. And actually, you know, since, you know, when we talk about like every ride challenge and how it affects this, um, since the parks have reopened, there has not been a successful completion of the WDW Every Ride version. Um, 
last week, um, two brothers who have completed the course before set the new record at 45 rides um, in one day. And they had to use the extra out evening hours for a deluxe resort to do it. Um, but there have been Disneyland completions so um, since, the, since Disneyland reopened. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how strategies change if you, if you shift this to the other coast. Oh, yeah, yeah, because now you're talking about a different split. Like, you're going to have more e-ticket attractions, probably. Right. But you're also traveling between two parks that are 300 yards from each other. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then instead of, instead, of four, instead of four by four, you do two lists of eight, and you see how that forms out and, yeah. you, know, you could do it all sorts of ways i'd be going in blind i have no strategy for disneyland <laughs> just go i feel like i yeah it's been a while since i haven't been there uh the last time i was there was 2011 god that's shameful i know um, it's worse i'm, I'm so away and <laughs> didn't exist and you know yep. so basically california adventure is a completely different park from the last time i was there so yeah that one would be a lot of spreadsheets before <laughs> before oh, we yeah. left but um they i think they have touring plans available for disneyland as well though Yes. So that's yes, something that's super helpful. But yeah. okay, well, I don't want to keep you guys too long. I super appreciate you coming on here and like talking all about this. I was really excited to see something like this happening in the parks just because it's, you know, Disney's not really setting up things like this. I mean, they have like their marathons and all of that stuff. And this is, I, I think, creator challenges have just like some flavor that like the Disney community needs. <laughs> so, yeah. and it just helps us kind of like come together for a purpose and still get a little bit of that spirit of competition, but it's all in good fun. So super excited to see like, I mean, I was definitely watching Twitter and like, <laughs> Oh, me too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, trying to see kind of who was where and what was going on. Um, I'd love to see you guys like really put a lot more on social media too. Like, um, did you guys have people posting throughout the day in your Facebook group or were you, I, no, I was I think following it's, it's along like, on Twitter, but did you have people yeah. using stuff on Instagram or? I think part of the I think part of the challenge this year, I don't know if we'll use that same app next year. I think that took people out of their social media um, you know uh, platforms because they had to be in the app taking the photo to upload. whereas if we actually were using social media to manage it, they would have just been doing it all through there. So I think it was more of what it came down to was someone like, all right, I'm taking a photo, I'm putting it on the app. I'm then getting in this ride and riding it. And then they don't think to go back to social. So definitely something we want to put more of a spotlight on next year is sharing it across all the platforms and in our Facebook community and all. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be looking out for that. So as we're kind of pulling up to our stop here, um, I want to just let people know, you know, where would you like to send them on the internet to find out more about your podcast and the Main Street 16 Challenge for next year? 
Yeah, I mean, the easiest thing is to go to mainstmagic.com. Uh, that will tell you everything you need to know about the podcast. And then in the menu, there is uh, still a button for Main Street 16. Uh, it's updated with next year's dates. We got a cool, fancy new logo for next year. Uh, it's got kind of a brief schedule of events, some of the details, and the rules for the challenge. Um, and then anywhere on social, pretty much uh, – Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us at Main ST Magic. And then you can always search for the Main Street Magic community on Facebook. Uh, that's kind of where we really is kind of the central hub where I think we have the most interaction and stuff. Awesome. Cool. And Gary, do you have do you want to send anybody to any internet locations for to follow along with you? Hopefully one day I'll have a, a podcast community, the, the breadth of uh, yours and Jeremy's. But for now, um, you can just find me on Twitter and on Instagram um, as Dr. Gary 32, Dr. Gary 32. Um, and uh, that's where I hang out and post stuff about Disney and just kind of things in general. So cool. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you. You know, we'll definitely be in touch. Um, Gary and Jeremy are both in our main and magic group um, on Facebook. So if you guys ever want to like tag them in a post or ask a question in there, you're more than welcome. And I'll also include the links to all of their stuff in our show notes. So with that, we're going to say see you real soon. And everybody have a great week. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Perfect. I love those trivia. <laughs> That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us. Thanks to our guests, Jeremy Stein and Gary Fernando. You can find more info about the Main Street 16 Challenge at MainStreet16.com. Plus, check our show notes for even more links to connect with Jeremy and Gary through the Main Street Magic Podcast and social media. We've also got links to the sponsors and businesses that made this year's event possible. So go give them a follow to show your support. Also, of course, thank you to my other guest, Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. If you are heading to the Disney parks or looking at booking a Disney cruise or adventures by Disney experience, Katie can help you get the best prices and discounts along with custom planning and itineraries all at no cost to you. You can find her online at picturesandpostcardstravel.com or email her directly at kfisher at nyaaa.com. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share an idea, story, or photo and connect with other Disney fans. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Main and Magic to join. If you've got a comment or question, you can email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on social media and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye. So we say see you real soon. <laughs>